Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers! Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his spectacular corner of the Marvel Universe. Well, at least it usually is. Not today, though. Today we're digging into one of his Marvel brothers, Thor, uh, because he just had a movie that came out, um, Thor, Love and Thunder, now in theaters as of this recording. You could be listening to this six months from now, and that will not be true. Uh, but it's true at this present. It's, it's fine. We'll just get into it. Alright, I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today I'm joined by my best friend, Jesse James, uh, lover of film, and also a local filmmaker. Thanks so much for joining me for your first time on the show, Jesse. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, So over the weekend, we saw uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, we are big Marvel fans, uh, Marvel movie fans, um, and... uh, yeah, let's let's kind of dig into it, you know. Directed by Taika Waititi or Taika Waititi, I say both ways. Um, it's probably wrong. Um, and uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, and uh, Taika Waititi as Korg, of course, because you can't have a Marvel movie these days without Korg for some reason. Um, and you can't have a Taika film without Taika. That, that's exactly right, yes. Whether he's playing Korg or Hitler, he's always in his movies. <laughs> um, but, uh, so let's, let's, let's just get into, uh, let's just jump right in. Um, what, were your, what were your thoughts going into it? Because you and I both kind of agree that Ragnarok was, while an entertaining film, maybe it was, it was a strange, you know, stepping off point for the normal Thor stories we, at that point, were used to. Yeah, I feel I have to preface by saying that when I originally watched Ragnarok, it it didn't do it for me. And I thought it was a hilarious movie, mm-hmm. and I loved the jokes, but just the fact that they had the first two movies in a more serious tone, and then they went a little sillier, I didn't like that uh, inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had been funny from the get-go, I probably would have been more accepting of it. But I think that was around the time, you know, Marvel, you know, Guardians came out, and I think Marvel was looking at dollar signs in their eyes, and they're like, "Let's try something different." So, right. um, I kind of had similar expectations for this Thor movie, although I I was able to avoid all the trailers, so I really didn't know anything about it other than I knew um, Natalie Portman was in it, and I knew she was going to be. Uh, Lady Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where that's where it opened for us. But yeah, uh, as a whole, I think very enjoyable. I think there's a lot of great laughs, and most Marvel fans, I think, can get a lot of it. Get a lot out of it. Um, I I agree. You know, and I I actually rewatched uh, the original, the, the first Thor movie last night, and it was it was so bizarre watching it, seeing how 
different the franchise is now, partially that Thor's hair isn't as straight blonde. He doesn't have the blonde eyebrows anymore, um, which I think was a good change. They, they didn't need those. It just looked weird on Chris Hemsworth. Um, but, uh, you know, it was interesting thinking that, you know, they, they took this franchise, which started off as kind of a, you know, Kenneth Branagh directing, a very Shakespearean um metaphor maybe not you know not even really a metaphor it's it's right there you know like fathers and sons um and and kind of now it's it's this whole other wacky thing and i do agree with you about the guardians um and especially you know having the guardians in in this movie as as brief as they are you know it's it's hard to it's hard to argue with the results when you have people not um not as big on the the first two Thor movies, and then by the time Ragnarok comes out, suddenly there's this shift, and Thor is, despite just being Chris Hemsworth being hot, you know, like suddenly, oh, there's there's more there's more people that are into it, you know, if that makes any sort of sense. I think it does. I love the humor in that first Thor, where it's much more subtle. Thor is this kind of fish out of water right. in Midgard, and all these great jokes where he, you know, he's looking for a horse and <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't know the customs of, um, you know, earth, but he, he's like a Royal being at the same time. And he kind of expects things are handed to him. Right. Um, and then they also humble him in that movie where he can't lift the hammer. So as a whole, I know it, it wasn't, um, wildly well received, but, I think it's a more complete story. I think my my biggest uh, gripe with Ragnarok was there was a complete lack of any serious uh, plot at all. And I kind of hyped myself up in, in my head when I was watching it. And he finds Hulk in the Coliseum and they fight. And he goes to do the lullaby. And yeah. I really thought it was going to be the real lullaby, and he was going to he was going to be able to calm Hulk down. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because they'll have uh, he he was he was like this newcomer Thor, and he's able to beat the champion right away. Well, they didn't do any of that. He hits him. Everyone laughs. It's all about the laughs. Yeah. But I feel like Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. They did try to do more of these serious kind of wholesome moments. Uh, and I think, I think they, they worked for the most part, you uh, know, they, they, you, you know what I'm talking about. There were like yeah. serious plot points where they didn't go full laughs. Yeah. It, and I think that, you know, and surprisingly for as funny as Taika Waititi is, um, I, my favorite parts of the new film were the more emotional beats, you know, with, with Jane, you know, when she realizes she has cancer and. And even when she's in chemo with that other kid and she's and they're kind of bonding a little bit um and surprisingly uh, darcy came back for this one which i i didn't know um after seeing her in wandavision but i liked that she was in it and she was not because i found her very grating in the second thor movie i was like i thought she was funny in the first one and in the second one i was like you're just letting cat dennings go full cat dennings and it's just it's, it, it got irritating, but this time it was, it was it was a little bit more serious. She was a little funny, but for the most part, more uh, there to support her friend, 
and I and, and that kind of stuff, and even towards the end of the film, uh, and spoilers, by the way, we're going to spoil the hell out of this film. Um, you know, towards the end of the film, when Thor realizes, when Thor learns that the the longer she uses the hammer, it's going to, uh, it, it's destroying all the chemo in her body and the cancer's, you know, coming back with a force. It, it, it's such a great moment. And it made me think a lot about uh, Doctor Strange too. you know, um, some of those more emotional beats that, you know, Strange has with uh, Christine were so much more interesting to me than the, than the, the funny, crazy, the funny stuff or even the crazy stuff that's going on with, you know, with the omnipotent city and uh, and with Christian Bale's character, you know, it was that was the stuff I was more interested in. Yeah, I think the the film in the Marvel verse that really nailed it was the first Guardians because I, I think that it's like a near flawless movie, but mm. the the climax of that film where um, they're trying to use the Power Stone and they need to hold hands and he he sees his mom yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a callback to the beginning of the film where she says take my hand mm-hmm. like uh, just like nailed having an emotional moment in the height of the climax of the film right that is a film that's full of laughs so it is possible um that formula does exist all you have to do is look look to these other films that have achieved that right um not that i think love and thunder I guess it, uh, hmm. I don't think it like blew my socks off, but it was still an enjoyable film, if that makes sense. Uh, no, no, I, I totally agree. I, I think that the with Ragnarok, quite a few of the jokes landed with me. Because you know, we went to go see that together, we were both laughing our asses off the entire movie. And then at the end it's of it... It's hard not to. It, it's, it's very funny. By the end of it, we both kind of looked at each other and said... I mean that was fun, but it yeah. you know the, the Warriors three are killed off almost immediately. Lady Sif isn't even in it, um, and I was really not. I, I did not like uh, Odin's ending. I thought you know for for that character and especially of an actor of Anthony Hopkins caliber to give him just kind of a you know okay I'm gone now boys it's your turn now ending just seemed just didn't seem, sit right with me. Um, yeah, and at the same time, the the Viking lore is so like rich, and um, you know, it, it it almost rivals like Greek mythology in terms of all the different uh, gods and deities and the legends and how they get in the fights with each other. Uh, and that was sprinkled in in the first two Thor, and to 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 kill uh, Odin off the way they did, which was just for a laugh. It, I felt it kind of belittled it. Then they go to um, Avengers, uh, the one where Thor has to go into the pool to see the vision. Uh, yeah. Is it uh, Age of Ultron? Ultron, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they're they're still pulling from that. Like that that was a great sequence where uh, he's in he's in the hall uh, with all the other um, Asgardians. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just. Why, why do you have to make it so silly, I guess? Well, you Maybe know, you were beating a dead horse. Well, you know, it, it, I think when uh, the Ghostbusters came out, the, the Paul Feig Ghostbusters, suddenly everybody's like, oh, Chris Hemsworth is very funny. You know, maybe we should play to those strengths as well. And 
it's like, okay, yeah, he, he is very, very funny. I won't deny that he's the funniest part of that movie. Um, and I've said that a million times, but it's also like, okay, yeah, but you, you can still give him funny moments. He has some funny moments in the other movies, that, but he doesn't have to be, you know, the... It doesn't have to... Not everything has to be played for a laugh, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I thought that... I like, agree. You know, right at the beginning of Ragnarok, when he's in the chains and he's just kind of spinning around and he's like, oh, 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 hold on, I'm spinning around. It's just like... It's like, okay, like, this is... I mean, it's funny, but do we need this right now? Like, so it's... And we're definitely in the minority when it comes to this, you know? I guess. <laughs> I mean, again, the laughs are great and they are enjoyable. They're, they're not the only approach... Uh, to the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you think of the comics, I mean, what what comics really rely only on laughs? I mean, I, I would say even like Deadpool, who is like known for outrageous comedy, mm -hmm. still has like really tender moments in his comics. So, yeah. you know. It's, it, it is a tough balance, I think. And 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 I'm excited to see what what they do with Deadpool when they integrate integrate him with the the rest of the MCU. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's also interesting to me thinking, okay, but like, you know, there's like the Thor character from the comic books is almost completely different than he is in the movies. Um, and you know, like it, it, I mean, but almost better in a way because in the comics he's very much like, thou shalt. Yeah, you know, he's a little dry. Yeah, um, but, you know, you've had writers that have great takes on him, but at the same time, it's like, I, I liked the way they kind of morphed it into the first couple of movies where he's, uh, you know, you he doesn't need to be all thou and thy, you know, he's, he's speaking normally, but um, it's very, like, prim and proper... I guess old age. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll mention Age of Ultron again when uh, they're at the party and he's you know getting into the the little sparring match with Tony Stark about uh, whose girlfriend is better. Oh they're yeah, talking yeah. about Pepper and Jane. Yeah. you know that he could still be so funny um, and still be that regal Asgardian Thor. Right. And Basically, we've seen so many different versions of this Thor in <laughs> all these different films. Which is which is funny to say because it's been the same actor the whole time. Usually, when you see different versions, you're talking about different um, actors that have come come through, right? You know, we we've talked before about the different approaches um, that the different actors who played Batman have, um, and all of them are as valid as the next, but they're all you know different from each other, whereas. Chris Hemsworth has gotten to do that just by himself. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that when they got to Endgame, Thor uh, or uh, Chris Hemsworth, he kind of pushed to have, you know, the overweight Thor, or this or just like a sillier character? Uh, I I didn't know that. Um, I think I, I don't know where that came from. If that was him or the the writers or whatever. Okay. So that, that I didn't know. Well, about. that that may not be true then. I, I might have made it up. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I didn't mind his his arc in Endgame, uh, but I am glad that they, you know, kind of we got back to the more traditional Thor. And um, yeah, I, lo I love Flower. There, Jesse's cat is in frame, and she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> she just um, wants to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> she knows. She knows I'm here. Um, but I. 
so I, I liked that they were kind of getting back to the quote-unquote classic Thor. It, it just seemed like this movie. The movie is actually fairly short in comparison to some of the other Marvel movies, um, but it did seem rushed because you know the Guardians are kind of in and out pretty quick, which I was surprised by. Um, but then, and and even like Christian Bale's arc, he we never actually see him kill any gods. We just all that stuff happens off screen, which is kind of strange. Um, he kills the one when he gets the sword. Oh, that's right. That's right. At the, at the beginning. Which, uh, Whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think they said... They, they said... Because um, I think that was his god that he was praying to the entire time. Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't remember the name off the top of my head right now. But and and I was but I was happy that that's how the movie began because I felt like, okay, like we're getting a great... You know, we're, we're getting a great intro into the movie, the, the cold open. It's very much the stakes are being set that... This you understand exactly what this guy's going through, and and sort of in the weirdest way with villains, you know, you're like, well, I don't blame him for the way he thinks, you know. Um, I love that opening. That opening, um, you know, it kind of contrasts Ragnarok, which had a silly opening. This had a more serious opening, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, and I thought Bale did really great, and I loved his. And the end of his story at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, the stuff in the middle where he got a little zany. I think maybe that... I feel like maybe he thought, okay, I have to do, like, villain stuff or be on a Marvel villain level. Mm-hmm. I think he could have stayed a little more sinister and it would have worked. Um, but immediately made me think of Iron Man 2, which opens with... Um, Whiplash's character, right. you know, being shunned, or his dad dies, and he blames Tony Stark. I I think when you open with the villain and you give them stakes right off the bat, it makes them a little bit more powerful. And it seemed like that's what they tried to do here, and I I think it worked. No, I I totally agree, and and I like the idea that the gore was just a, a normal. You know, he was not like a man, he's some alien thing. But at the same time, he had this normal appearance, and the sword is what corrupts him. Um, Mm -hmm. But it also isn't this... But it also didn't feel um, unbelievable that he would grab... He would be, you know, drawn to it. Sort of in the same way, you know, you think of a lot of horror movies, right? You know, like, you know, the the Hellraiser box. um, You know, stuff like that that attracts somebody to it and then it turns them evil right like the uh whatever the thing is called in the uh, the evil dead movies the necromancer or something like that i, I can't remember off the top of my head you know what i'm talking about though from the evil dead movies the uh, necronomicon yes yes that's it the necronomicon or something <laughs> else <laughs> that might yeah, be the name they, of the sword actually <laughs> they really touched on um mortals kind of being the the playthings or you know just the the peasants compared to gods in this film yeah um the only thing was they only showed gorm kind of being overrun by gods or or rather just kind of cast aside um they really could have got really deep into that but they didn't show any other characters who thought similarly to him right um and, and but that you know but a lot of that 
you know, because Gore is a more recent character from the comic books. I think from uh, 2012, uh, Jason Aaron's run on Thor, who's um, a relatively new character, and even the same with uh, Jane having Mjolnir, uh, there was a, a what if issue that came out, I want to say in the 80s or 90s, that said, what if Jane wielded Mjolnir? Uh, but her actually being, you know, quote unquote, the mighty Thor is uh, a relatively new concept. Um, but I got to say that I, I like that her arc in this film was kind of a one and done. Um, because I, I really thought the way it was going to end was Thor was going to die and she was going to take his place and be like. Oh, I thought um, he was going. Oh, I thought um, Gorm was going to forgive them and he was going to wish that Jane would live. And it would be like Thor and Jane and and his daughter. Oh, okay, okay. Which, yeah, it didn't make. Like, couldn't he have wished? I, I mean, it's technicality on like genies, but couldn't he have said like, "Oh, I want to, I want to live with my daughter," and then he wouldn't have died, and she would have come back, and I don't know, maybe. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you know this. I, I found this out recently that that actually is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Yeah, life, yeah. Uh, which I which I think is a nice touch. Um, I, I will say that it, staying on that topic for a second, I, I didn't feel that Thor becoming her new caretaker was earned, though. You know, it just seemed like uh, okay, like because I think Jane says like, "Oh, we'll take care of her." So well, then Jane dies, and Thor's like, "Okay, well, I guess I gotta take care of this kid now." Um, but I I did kind of like that it it ended with the whole. You know, if anyone knows them, they're known as Love and Thunder. I thought that was kind of a cute ending. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good. But it just seemed like like Thor throughout the movie didn't seem like he wasn't longing for a family. It just seemed like he was, well, now that I think about it, maybe it, did, maybe it was earned because he was longing for a purpose and now he has a... Well, yeah, they definitely touch on that he's missing something. Yeah. And then, you know, Jane comes back, and I, I think the audience is led to believe, oh, they'll, they're going to get another chance at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't work out that way. Right. Yeah, I, I liked the Natalie Portman arc. Um, I think they tried to do some things with her uh, comedically that, you know, didn't didn't quite land, but... The, uh, the the constant, like, oh, she's she's trying to come up with a catchphrase joke. Yeah. It, it, I didn't think it was funny at first, and they kept going back to it, and I was like, okay, like, this... It, it just seemed like... it. Sometimes if we call attention to the ridiculousness of what's happening, like, for example, going back to Ultron, I think um, Hawkeye saying, the city is flying, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes any sense. I think sometimes you can call attention to the ridiculousness, and it's funny... But if you are just like, oh, you know, I got to have a catchphrase, I'm just like, okay, well, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's too, for lack of a better term, too fourth wall breaking. You know what I mean? Well, I think part of the reason that felt so forced is because we haven't seen her since Thor 2. Right. Thor 1 and 2, she's a normal person. Mm-hmm. And now she's in a Taika film where yeah. everyone has to be funny. And right. so they kind of forced her to have, I don't know, these silly parts of her personality that, you know, just blindside us. Right. right. Um, I, I will say that I think Natalie Portman, like, looks, I mean, she looks fantastic. Like, no, none of these 
people have aged since Thor 1, 11 years ago. Which is it looks like she's been uh, working out. Oh. She looked pretty jacked. Oh, yeah, she looked amazing. Um, and, and I did like uh, it's something that they kept from the comics that when she's Jane, she has uh, short brown hair, but when she's Thor, she has longer blonde hair. Um, I thought that was a nice touch. And, and even like the helmet that she has, despite the fact that it has that freaking... Um, you know, like nanotech dissolve. <laughs> oh yeah! All the superhero helmets have. That's to never going helmets. away. I, I I think the Flash show does it now too. Um, I haven't watched the Flash. I think it's show lazy. Now. It's lazy. I I hundred percent agree. Um, it, you know, because I'll I felt like the moment in um, Captain America: Civil War when Black Panther takes his helmet off, it it feels like a moment, and it feels like oh, this thing has weight to it like literally and metaphorically um, whereas like in the other movies it just like Clint throw me the the gauntlet I'm just like okay <laughs> why are give we even doing me. this <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. give it to me I'm like come on man well that was more Arnold Schwarzenegger than <laughs> give it to me how did I get to these taxi um, but you know I, there were there were some jokes I think that that you know, did land and were good. And I think Chris Hemsworth being awkward around Jane was kind of funny. Um, and there's also kind of a bit that is um, is interesting where she's like, oh, what's it been, like three years? And he's like, oh, it's been like eight years. And uh, it made me think like, oh, maybe Jane was snapped away then um, during uh, you know, Infinity War. Oh, I didn't even catch that or think about that. Um, I mean, you could, I could interp- you could interpret it that way or she just doesn't remember or she's just playing with him. I don't know. Um, but I, I did like that we we got to see, you know, Thor's journey and we got to see new Asgard, which I thought was interesting because we get this, you know, this new location that we really haven't been to um, in the Marvel movies. And even though it's on Earth and it's just kind of, you know, like a tourist attraction, it still, it still felt new and interesting. Um, so when all the shadow monsters show up and they steal the children, it, you know, for me, I was like, this is like, this is cool. Like, I feel like we haven't gotten this yet in one of the Marvel movies. What? Like, uh, what haven't we got? Like the, a, a new location that we haven't, uh, that we haven't really, well, not that we haven't gotten new locations, but this one felt different in the sense that this is Thor's home. Thor's new home and mm. this entirely new battle sequence um, where the stakes are really high because of the shadow monsters, which I thought were actually really scary, <laughs> and um, the uh, and the abduction of all the children, which you know kind of made me think a little bit of uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> except, oh yeah. Except Gore was more successful than the Penguin was, um, but that kind of stuff I I really enjoyed because you know while the other movies feature new locations, this one actually had some stakes to it. Um, but I also did, I did think it was funny with Thor saying, you know, you're all Asgardian. And, and the one kid's like, well, I'm actually this. Well, I'm actually this. And he's like, okay, well, you're all Asgardian today. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just sounded like something like little kids would say. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I agree. I thought all the Asgard scenes, the new Asgard scenes were good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they portrayed it as this very, close-knit community yeah and rightly so because the population of asgard is so small now right right 
Um, so you, it was mostly like families and then you care about them when the kids get taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get quite a read on, on what they were trying to do with Valkyrie. I guess, you know, when they introduce her in Ragnarok, she's kind of just a drunk because she has no purpose because the battle's over, but she's a warrior and she's only here to fight. And then she becomes the king. Uh, and they tried to do this like she's restless and has to do all this political stuff, but really just wants to get back to fighting. But I don't I don't know. It it seemed like she needed like um, a character to be opposite her. Yeah, maybe to, it just seemed like she was there just to be there. I, I agree. I think, you know, she got to do some cool stuff with the fighting and everything, but she didn't get to be a. Um... You know, because you'd think that, like, the king of Asgard would have more at stake trying to find the children than than just Thor at that point. Uh, but Thor's the one leading the charge. And, and then, you know, it's his movie, whatever. But but you know what I mean? It just seemed like a like maybe they should have just kept Thor, <laughs> the king of Or, I mean, Asgard. they could have really dipped into her, the lore of the Valkyries, and she could have had, like, this amazing... Well, it doesn't have to be a blaze of glory. She didn't have to die, but she could have, like, she could have, like, got back to, like, her really, you know, her warrior prowess and really, like, cut loose or something like that. I don't know. You know, the it's interesting when you mentioned Valkyrie because uh, one thing I did think that was going to happen um, was, uh, you know, I said before that I thought Thor would die and Jane would take over as, as Thor. Um, in the comic books, That that is kind of what happened. Jane... Um, Jane eventually her cancer did over you know, overtake her, but Odin, but before she was about to go into Valhalla, uh, Odin stopped her and said that he would he was going to grant her a new life and she was going to be uh, a Valkyrie now. And I I was kind of half expecting that to happen. That'd be the, awesome at, at the post credit scene, you know, like because she sees Heimdall and I was like, oh maybe she'll see Odin and they'll be like, oh we're going to bring you back and you'll be Thor or whatever. And they, they didn't do that, but I, I but like I said, uh, I, I'm I'm still happy with the way her arc ended in the movie, but I am very surprised that it didn't end with the, you know, Jane Foster will return kind of ending that some of these movies do. You know, like this one does say Thor will return. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there were points maybe after after they go looking for the kids, the uh, team dynamic also felt. A little strange because it was Thor and Jane, then Valkyrie and Korg. Yeah, um, it almost felt like they were missing one one person that was a different temperament than the others. Uh, pr- probably Loki because this is the first one without Loki in it. Yeah, maybe, or maybe I'm so used to uh, like the Guardians dynamic uh, yeah. with the five people. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, I feel like I'm splitting hairs or just nitpicking. Um, there were some great, some, some great joke highlights um, that I'll speak on are Matt Damon's cameo. Yes. <laughs> um, which I, could, I completely forgot he was in Ragnarok in the same role, but he's yeah. like the playwright. He's playing Loki. Right. Um, since Jane wields Mjolnir... Uh, and Thor has Stormbreaker. They do this 
uh, really amazing uh, love triangle where Thor is kind of trying to reunite with Mjolnir and it's as if Stormbreaker's alive and he kind of hovers around and gets jealous. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Super funny. And what was the last one I was going to say? Oh, um, Russell Crowe. As ridiculous as he was, um, he, I thought it was very funny. I, I, I agree. Uh, but I will say that as I, I liked him being ridiculous, so it seemed odd to me when he was so serious in that mid credit scene, and suddenly he's like, well, I want revenge on Thor. Son, you're going to get revenge. Uh, I, that, I feel like that's marvel marketing saying like oh well we can't miss this opportunity to use this a-list actor as a main character in another film true in which case we have to make it serious and we have to create stakes and uh i i I see through you marvel (laughs) i I don't know much about the character of hercules at least in terms of the, the marvel comics you know i know like the mythology of hercules which is very 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 odd. <laughs> um, and it's Wasn't there a film of... with The Rock, and that was supposed to be the Marvel Hercules? Uh, no, it wasn't supposed to be Marvel. It was it was just a, a Hercules adaptation. Um, okay. I, I don't remember when that came out. I think that was like 2008 or nine, maybe. Um, but uh, I, I remember thinking it looked kind of silly. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember as a kid, when the, when the Hercules animated movie came out, I was a big fan of that. And so I read up on Hercules, and I was like, well, this is nothing like the, <laughs> like the movie. Um, oh, yeah. That's a completely different take on the character, which is fine. But um, so I'm not sure, you know, so it's just funny to me when, like, uh, Corey and I talked about it uh, the other day. Uh, it's just like, yeah, they're introducing Hercules, you know, that, that one character we were all missing from these Marvel movies that we were clamoring for. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the the Mar- the Greek uh, what is it Pantheon is in the Marvel comics, so I mean it. I didn't mind it, you know. Rather than coming up with some new original uh, group of people like this, this has basis in the comics, so I was fine with it. And I think they show one of the other. I think it's like Dionysus, who's like the god of wine and. Isn't he like, you tell him, father. They, like, glance over at him. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's a lot you could do because there's so many Greek gods. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, Zeus is kind of known of being this, uh, what's what's the word? He sleeps with everyone kind of uh, guy. Uh, I slept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was like, oh, well, they're kind of showing that because he had all the women around him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when he, like, came down to speak with Thor and he, like, lifted his skirt to, yeah. like, tiptoe down the steps, yeah. that's when I was like, okay, I fully endorse what they're doing here. I I, I loved that aspect because, to me, it, 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 it made sense why they weren't going to help him fight Gore because, like, these they're so self-involved, they don't care. They're mm. just living in like their literal bubble just uh so and if if gore shows up like we'll you know we'll wipe the floor with him and i did kind of expect a uh, you know to mention dr strange again i did expect a uh like a illuminati sequence where gore was going to show up and wipe the floor with all of them 
Uh, well, t- let me ask you this, because I know this must have crossed your mind, because it definitely crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. They get to uh, Eternity? Is that the place? Uh, at, at the end, with, yeah. Oh, no. The the city with all the gods. Oh, uh, that was Omnipotent City. On, okay, that. Uh, <laughs> weren't you like, damn, uh, couldn't we have asked any of these people for help fighting Thanos? I, I did think that, yeah. There were like there were like thousands of people there that all have godly powers. Come on now. Yeah. Um it's it's funny you say that because Corey said the exact same thing and, and I, I did think that like, you know, you've had these like world ending threats happen for in, at least with Thor for the past eleven years in these movies. But I mean it's yeah. just chalk it up to they didn't think of it till now, I guess. Well yeah, I it's that, that web you can't escape. Yeah, yeah. you know when you have to come up with new ideas but the way thor would um his dialogue was like oh yeah we're gonna see zeus he's my idol um and i've always thought about him i've never mentioned him but you know i've he's always been my <laughs> idol yeah and yeah. then he talks about there was another character or something where he was like like right away he's like oh yeah this is the thing and it's like, oh, you never, you never thought to bring him up before. Yeah. Um, well, you know, speaking of, you know, not bringing something back, I, uh, you know, we, we talked about this after seeing it that it, it did seem very strange to not have the guardians play a role, at, at least in the third act somewhere. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's going to be a new guardians film. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, they they just they just finished filming that not too long ago, but to me it just seemed silly to be like, well, they're just going to be because some of them, you know, you know, I think we only hear like one I am Groot, you know, and Rocket only has like one or two lines of dialogue, and the other characters don't either other than Star-Lord either don't speak or speak very little. And I thought that was just kind of strange, like I feel like this was marketed as and I I kind of assumed they were going to dip out halfway through the movie but to me it was just very unceremonious you know they just sort of yeah they were maybe they gone. couldn't afford to pay all those actors <laughs> well not only that but all the extensive makeup especially on dave batista and <laughs> so having the guardians in it so briefly um you know you look at the end of Endgame, and the whole point you know, was that they were alluding that, oh, there's going to be this awesome team up and Thor is going to tag along on Guardian Adventures. And they basically started Love and Thunder with, okay, I'm going to go do a solo adventure. So what? why even set it up like that, you know? It, it, it was strange because I think we all thought that the next film would be the, uh, Guardians 3 and Thor would be in it. Um, but then they ended up doing this one first. And which I was fine with, um, because Guardians Three is going to be the search for Gomorrah, I assume at least. Uh, excuse me, because um, you know she just kind of leaves at the end. Of, excuse me, she just kind of leaves yeah. at the end of Endgame, and uh, that's what you know Quill wanted to do. But they were doing all sorts of other adventures and stuff, and um, and it's cool. Well, it totally would have worked because Thor was by himself. You know, no one was left. They yeah. killed everyone from thor's movies so it was like oh i'm gonna piggyback on your film so i think it it could have been pretty cool yeah yeah and i was so i was surprised that it didn't go that route um but i mean uh i 
at the same time, it's, uh, I mean, this is what the story they chose to go with. Um, and, and, you know, like, I did enjoy the movie, you know, so I'm not knocking the movie for, uh, for what it is or anything. Uh, some of my favorite parts were actually when they were in the, in Gore's, like, Shadow Realm. I thought that, like, visually, just, just so interesting to look at, you know. When uh, it was black and white? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it was uh, cool. And I thought there was such a cool moment with, because, uh, you know, Gore wanted to steal Stormbreaker so he could open the Bifrost. Um, and I thought it was interesting to have, um, you know, that, so that part of the story, you know, did make sense to me. And I was like, okay, although technically he shouldn't, you know, uh, you know, he shouldn't be able to lift it, right? It should only be Thor, <laughs> you know, for following the same rules as Mjolnir. Yeah, but is that a thing? I, I guess I guess what, not. Like I uh, think Stormbreaker, like anyone could pick it up. I I, I guess so, because um, it's never specifically said in Infinity War that it's just Thor. Um, but there, uh, but I did like that in the comic. In the comics, you know, in Infinity War, when he uh, you know, Groot makes the handle for Stormbreaker, um, mm -hmm. that there are there are comics where Gore, or, excuse me, Groot has been worthy to lift Mjolnir. Um, yeah. So I thought that was well, an interesting callback to that. In uh, Endgame, Thanos is like pushing Stormbreaker into Thor. He's yeah. technically not wielding it, but then also. Cap has Stormbreaker, and he's like, oh, well, you take the little one, and they swap. Yeah. But he's already worthy to lift Mjolnir, so... I don't know. It, I, it's it's just one of those shrug things, like, uh, some people, it, yeah, whatever the story needs, I guess. <laughs> I um, mean, it's still probably ridiculously heavy. I think Gorm is, like, dragging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li I kind of like that. Um, I one, It had one of those cool action movie beats where, you know, Gore points at with his sword, points at Stormbreaker, and and Thor just gives him the come come and get it, you know, hand mm. motion. I was like, oh, it's on now. <laughs> um, and it, and I think the my favorite part of the movie, no, my favorite part of the movie, something I really loved about the movie was that I'm not sitting there laughing to myself, going, "Ha ha, isn't this funny?" It's Batman versus Thor. I like I'm seeing no trace of. Batman and Christian Bale's performance. He is a hundred percent gore in this movie. Oh, uh, I I think Bale has proved decades ago that whatever role he's in, it's it's only that role. I you know I I was very surprised that this was the role that they went with for him because I thought he would have been a good. I think his name is Dario Agar, something like that, uh, where he like has. He's a, he's a human and he runs the Roxxon Corporation, but he also can turn into a Minotaur, and it's it's part of Jason Aaron's run that included Gore and uh, the Mighty Thor, uh, Jane Foster Thor. So I was like, oh, like I think that's the route they're going to go with. And then they're like, oh, Christian Bale's playing Gore the God Butcher, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But um, when they showed like the what he looked like and everything, I was like, okay, nope, this was the role for him. He's he's nailing it. Um, and I was he, really surprised to even see him because I always pictured him as like the purest of actors who <laughs> I, I just imagine he kind of looked down on superhero franchises. No, that's not true. He was Batman. But you know what I mean? Marvel's in 
uh, well, like a Christopher Nolan Batman film is different than like a Tinker exactly. Thor movie. <laughs> um, and I thought the same with Russell Crowe, or I, I was surprised to see both of them. And it made me think like either they're lowering their standards or they're just getting swept up in the global sensation that is superhero movies. I think, you know, I, I think there's, there's bits and pieces of it where it's like, on the one hand, you, they, they get paid like a crazy amount more money for one of these movies than they would like, yeah. a, than, uh, than a, like a regular drama or whatever that they would do. But there's also the idea that it gets more eyes on them. You know, like, uh, if you ask, and you know, cause Kevin Smith had said that when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, he's like, on, on the one hand, it's a smart decision because you ask any eight year old who's Robert Downey Jr. They're going to say Iron Man. So who's Ben Affleck, you know, before 2016, kids probably would have shrugged. But then at that time they were like, oh, he's Batman. So uh, it, he was Daredevil. <laughs> you know, well, I, know. <laughs> I think uh, we might be the only ones that look fondly back on that movie. <laughs> um, I barely look fondly on that movie. <laughs> uh, the director's cut's good. I like the director's cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, but Charlie Cox is, he's Daredevil now, so... Oh guy, and and uh, apparently he's going to be. They're doing a an Echo series, um, and uh, he's so he's going to be Daredevil in that, which makes sense because Echo is a big part of his. Uh, oh yeah, his uh, sporting cast, I should say, from the comics. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, for for my money, I think that the movie did, you know, it it did what it. It, at the very least, set out to do that. I was entertained watching it. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch it again, but it just didn't. Um, it wasn't as mind blowing, or it didn't blow me away as much as like the first Thor movie did, or even a couple of the Avengers movies. I just thought there was the there was so, too much happening, but the stuff that did happen, I did enjoy. If that makes any sense, I feel like I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> well, I think. You know, the landscape is constantly in flux and making a Marvel movie now, I think it's a lot harder to captivate an audience compared to 10 years ago because True. look at what we've seen. We've seen the entire universe at stake and you can only repeat that so many times before it starts to get stale. So I think the challenge for these bigger directors and, and for Marvel and Disney is to how can we how can we keep it fresh and like this movie felt fresh in terms of content and jokes but the actual hero narrative i don't know it 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 didn't wow me in that sense uh no i i agree with that it um it you know it just it, it's it's nice to have the kind of the solo adventure Thor stuff. I um, had similar feelings with the new Doctor Strange, where a lot of fun, enjoyed it. Um, I think it it can stand on its own as a standalone adventure, mm -hmm. but it it didn't, you know, wow me the same way some of the prior Marvel movies have. Um, no, I can I can see that. Um, whereas I, you know, I I am a I'm a big fan of the of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I think that movie did a really great job, but 
part of, you know, but also part of the problem is that when you get to the, the solo movies, after we've seen all these team-up things, it just, yeah. it's it's different when it's in the comic books, right? Because we're used to monthly Thor and Doctor Strange comics versus, and Avengers comics simultaneously versus, you know, every few months we're going to get, you know, this, this character, that character, you know, um, when it's like, that's part of the reason I feel like the movies now have almost always been some sort of team up, whether it's Spider-Man and Doctor Strange or Doctor Strange and, you know, America Chavez and now Thor and uh, other Thor, Lady Thor, you know, because <laughs> um, it really wasn't much of a team up with Thor and the Guardians, unfortunately. Um, but it but you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just we're, we're, we're too spoiled in that sense. That's probably you're probably hitting the nail on the head on that one. So um, we better suck it up. Yeah. Um, I will say though that uh, the the screaming goats, oh, um, if if they scream money, if, if they screamed eighty times, I think only fifteen of them were actually funny. <laughs> you know, uh, I it got me every time. I don't know why. Oh, really? <laughs> it was just so ridiculous that I, uh, I always laughed. I I wonder if it's actually Taika Waititi actually doing the screaming. You know what I mean? Like. I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, but it, it just was so funny to me. Like there were a couple of them that were so well timed that I was just dying, going, "Okay, that was perfect." Other times I was like, "I really hope these goats, you know, <laughs> don't make it to the end of the movie." Um, but apparently, because you know, those are from the comics, actually, that um, that I guess Kenneth Branagh wanted to have them in the first Thor, and they were like, "That's too ridiculous. We can't pull that off." And now, you know, they can... What can't they How the turntables. <laughs> well, you know, but it, it goes to show, you know, what, what can't they do with some of these uh, with some of these movies? You know, it's like, the, you know, there was a time when, the, you know, we would have thought the multiverse is too complicated for audiences. Um, or even just the idea of Thor existing alongside of Iron Man was ridiculous. And... You know, because I, I thought about that. I, I rewatched Thor, and then I, because I had to, I rewatched Doctor, or excuse me, uh, the Avengers right after. I was like, man, like, look how far we've come with these movies in in the past ten years. It's it's insane. I can't wait till there's no barriers left, and you can have everything. We're still waiting on Beta Ray Bill. You know, <laughs> like I'm surprised. Oh man, he, I'm surprised Ooh, he wasn't. Yeah. I feel like he would be a big hit. Yeah. Did you there was a split second when they get to Eternity where Eternity kind of looked like Galactus? Yeah. I and it, like there was a split second where I was like, "Wait, is this happening?" But then, you know, I, I quickly came back and was like, "No, no, 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 no. It's not happening." But man, when that happens because yeah. it's going to happen. Oh. Right. I can't wait. Well, you know, it'd be interesting when they get to the Fantastic 4 within the next couple of years if they'll start with Galactus, because that's what Josh Trank wanted to do with his Fantastic Four, is that Galactus was going to be the villain. And and Fox at the time was like, that's too much, we can't do that. And that movie is what it is now. Well, <laughs> I think you could start with Galactus, but then what do you do in the, the next film? Right. You know, it might be worth it to save him, build up a little... You know, there's so much you could do. Uh, they've established the Skrulls, and they have a 
long-standing feud with the Fantastic Four, so you could do like the Super Skrull. Um, yep. What's the other big Skrull? There's one that has all the powers, and then I think it's a, a female Skrull that's really powerful. There's, I forget her name, but the queen who launches the secret invasion. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh, man. That would be a, an arc that could rival the Infinity Wars. I I agree. Um, it, it's just, there's there's so much, there. you know, we have 60-some years of comics to draw from that, you know, I... That's why I get. That's why I've, I've, I got annoyed with the the DC CW shows after a while because it's like I feel like you guys are just stuck on one or two things. Like the Reverse Flash has been the villain, and the, for the Flash for the past for like I don't know, like out of eight seasons, like at least four of them. You know, it's like there's there's so much more in the mm -hmm. comics that you're just not using or using differently that doesn't make any sense. And well, whereas, they're probably like, well, we don't want to CG a gorilla for every episode, so let's well, stick to a human, a human villain. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I can see where that, that does make sense, but, but sometimes it's just a little bit like, all right, like, let's, there, there's still yeah, other things you can do. Yeah, yeah. Keep it fresh. Right, and, and I think this movie did a good job of it, um, and, uh, and, and I, and I did like the ending, having... Jane end up in Valhalla because there I thought it was a funny moment when Thor I forget who he was talking to and he was like oh yeah you know you're oh, actually not Sif. yeah he's like you're not gonna go to Valhalla you know unless you die in battle so uh you know you're you know <laughs> <laughs> she's like I want to she's like I want to stay here and die and go to Valhalla and he's like oh you actually have to die in the battle <laughs> um so you know there's another example of Thor just lying to Lying to the women he knows for no reason. Dude, so. <laughs> those first couple Thors, I loved Sif and the, yeah. you know, they, uh, they just cast those characters aside like they were nothing. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, you know, but, but I am glad that Heimdall had a big part in Ragnarok and I thought he went out as a hero in uh, Infinity War. So I was glad mm -hmm. that uh, to see him again. And say, so, you know, oh, yeah. Foster, thanks for looking after my son. You know, here's your reward in Valhalla. Um, that 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 was cool for me. It was like, okay, like we're getting we're getting closure on these characters, and in a in a really good way too, as opposed to you know, like like the Warriors Three that you know in the I don't know, like thirty minutes into Ragnarok, they're just killed off with without a thought. But they're also like not barely shown, and there's no like dialogue. Yeah. They're just killed, and yeah. uh, it's like, oh, okay, these are the characters that I've uh, grown to love in these other films, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, so I, I am interested to see where, where they take Thor's journey next, um, because I think, whether it's another Avengers movie or, or whatever it is, because um, uh, they haven't announced an, another Avengers movie, um, you know, they're, they're still kind of, I think they're trying to build something back up, you know, like they have... Uh, you know, we have Miss Marvel now on Disney Plus, and um, you know Sam Wilson is the new Captain America. So I'm I'm interested to see where all this goes. Um, but it's also like, but I'm also kind of excited that I don't know where it's going to go. Whereas before it was like, oh, it's all leading to Thanos. Now we we we're kind of back where we were with the first couple of movies. Like, 
well, it's going to lead to the Avengers, and then what? You know what I mean? Yeah, if if they want to take an approach where they build up another giant arc that takes a decade or so to get there, I mean, I I could get on board with that. Yeah, um, and and I I, that, I mean that's got to be where they're going, you know, whether it's because like Loki had uh, Kang in it, so I wonder, you know, if there's going to be a version of Kang that's out there, or if it's going to be Galactus, or or whatever, because there's a lot of villains that that could do that. Even uh, the recent secret wars that happened uh, like in 2015 or whatever, it was Dr. Doom who got like the power of the beyonder and he like destroyed mm. the universe. So that again, you know, there's, you know, we got to get to that fantastic four first though. <laughs> we could use uh, a good, well-written Dr. Doom. Yeah. We, we have literally never had that <laughs> in the movies. Um, Yes. But uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what Marvel wants to do. Uh, but uh, this this has been a blast getting to getting to catch up with you and uh, actually sit down and talk about it because we didn't really get to talk about it the other night or not that much at least. Um, mm -hmm. So um, so do you have anything out there you want to plug or uh, tease that's coming out or you know I know you're working on a bunch of stuff. Um. Nothing. Yeah. I have a project I'm working on, but it, it's actually not been officially announced. So I, okay. I can't yet. Um, but filmmaking in, in our region of Northwestern Pennsylvania, um, kind of a historical sci-fi drama. I wish I could tell you more, but I'm very excited about it. Um, I've, the little I know about it, I'm, I'm excited about, um, and, you know, and I, and I know you're going to be, you're going to do great with it. Um, as you said on the other show that you're, you're not only, you're, you are a huge fan of film. And I think that, uh, the, the best filmmakers are fans of film first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, if I have an evening off with no plans, I usually spend it watching something because it's just so. I just love the the storytelling aspect of it and yeah. getting enwrapped in a a good story. Right. Yeah. No, I I'm with you there. Um uh as for me, you can find me uh at Spider-Man Books on Twitter. Uh email me Spider-Man Book Club at gmail.com. And we will end this as we always do with Stanley's signature, Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs>